Hello, hello. Welcome to another Wednesday afternoon in the Maleko and Flash show. Hi, I'm Maleko. Hey, I'm Flash, still. And today we are broadcasting to you from one of the very few concert venues that are open in Honolulu. We are here at the HB Social Club, formerly Hawaiian Brian's. Uh, and it is uh, it is probably one of two places that I can think of where you can catch live music on any given night in Honolulu. Uh, and what an incredible job they've done of turning this into a fantastic music venue. Haven't they, Flash? Yeah, I mean, you can see all the plexiglass. And, I mean, clearly uh, they've moved out all the tables. Everything is different. Barricades, pods, the whole nine yards. I mean, uh, it looks like they're doing a good job here. And, um, you know... If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to come. But for those of you that don't f do feel comfortable, I, it looks like they're doing a fantastic job here. You know, one of the things about uh, about this this COVID time is that people have really put extra money into making their concert venues just that much more special. Uh, here at HP uh, Social Club, they've got live streams. Um, they have different kinds of events, of course. They've got safety protocols in place. And there's so much room that you can come here and see a show and not feel like you're on top of other people, which is, uh, which is probably a big part of the experience these days. Yeah. I uh, I mean, well, we're a little older. We don't want a super crowded room anymore <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the we kids never will did, disagree. Flash. We never did. But, uh, I always wanted to be side stage or backstage yeah, we or know. somewhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maleko only wants to be where it's special and no one else can go, and it's uh, <laughs> sold out and not for him. Also, all of his drinks are on my tab. This is a, I don't understand why this is a problem. This is yeah. exactly well. It's not a problem for you. It's you've always described been a my life perfectly. Yeah, this exactly. is it. Uh, today we've got two musical guests here as we celebrate this concert venue. Um, coming up here uh, today is Earth Day, or tomorrow's Earth Day, and so uh, in celebration of Earth Day, we've got a, a CD release party here uh, at HB Social Club, uh, and we're going to have uh, Paul Isaac on the show here in just a few moments. Uh, but one of the regular faces here at HP uh, Social Club. In fact, Tavana used to have a, a, a different place that you were performing at almost every night of the week pre-COVID. Uh, please welcome back our very good friend, musician, uh, and uh, and all-around great guy, ladies and gentlemen, Tavana. Tavana, also apparently comedian. And we'll I was just going to say that, we'll but I, I, I didn't want to spoil it yet. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, hey, man, uh, how have you been? Oh, why isn't your mic working? There you go. Try that. Check one, two. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been good, man. You know, I've just been uh, hanging on for dear life, you know, but it's been really good lately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the first part of 2020 was definitely touch and go and pretty rocky for us guys as musicians, but uh, nowadays it's starting to look a little better. There's a little light at the end of the tunnel here in Honolulu, so I'm very happy for that. Yeah, yeah very good. In fact, uh, you've... Right at the very beginning of this pandemic, you immediately discovered the beauty of live streaming and connecting and staying connected with your audiences. Um, very yeah. few artists grasped it as quickly as you did. I was super lucky to hook up with uh, Ruben Carrillo and, uh, and Dirk Fukushima and, and those guys and create a, a series called uh, Music Six Feet Away where we had like such amazing artists like Paula Fuga and Mike Love and so many others, Henry Capono. What a great name for a show, by the way, yeah. Six <laughs> Feet Away. Before before we get too into the show, uh, yeah. Tavana, we need a word of the day because we're going to do a lot of uh, consuming of alcoholic beverages because this is Hawaiian Brian's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you know how this works, right? You remember yeah, how this works? I think I remember. Come up with a word we're going to say <laughs> often enough that'll get us drunk. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, let's make it Pandemic. Pandemic. Oh, I like it. <laughs> the word like of the day, that? folks. I hate that word. <laughs> so the word of the day is pandemic, folks. Every time you hear the word of the day, make some noise and have a sip of your cocktail. And here to bring us our cocktails uh, today, where'd she go? Is she here, right? 
She's, she's being shy. I'm, there I'm she not is. Being shy. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Grab your cocktails. Okay. Sierra, come on oh, over. she dropped him off already. There yeah, we go. Come on over here, Sierra, and uh, you're gonna let's get you in front of a <laughs> in front of a camera. So Sierra is uh, dropping off the cocktails here. All, all uh, instead of uh, the usual uh, batched cocktails today, she's actually brought um, uh, our favorite. She asked us what we'd like to drink, and uh, we originally asked her what the drink most popular drink here at the bar was, and she said uh, AMFs. Well, yeah, I'm not going to get you guys started with AMFs today. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a Saturday thing. So today we're taking it a little bit easier. You guys have Dobell, as we talked about earlier, getting people off the Patron. Excellent. Getting people. Why is that? What's, what's your mission to get people <laughs> off the Patron? Um, it's like I, I said earlier, you know how nobody wanted to drink Tito's for a long time? Everyone just wants Grey Goose, Grey mm -hmm. Goose, Grey Goose. But now Tito's is the most popular uh, vodka. So if people gave other tequilas a chance, we could move away from Patron. Start singing brand new songs. I love this. Oh. I love this. Doesn't she have a great outlook on life? <laughs> Sierra is my muse now. So you brought us shots of Dobell. You didn't even mix it up. You just like put it in I the glass <laughs> and <laughs> chill it. You guys would like so the chilled shots of Dobell. He has a kombucha over there. Nice. Making good life choices. And I also have a, a whiskey what does that say about us? <laughs> hey, I'm here with you, but I'm working. I'm be there with you. And awesome. I have a whiskey sour down there for a little someone later. Oh, excellent. Cool, uh, and uh, and I think uh, can, can you bring one of those shots over here? We'll I'll, I'll sip on that a little bit here. Yeah. Um, I stole all of them and brought them just to oh. you. Oh, so what <laughs> is that? Yeah. What is? That? <laughs> I was like, they're all for Flash. Yeah, roll those down here. Um, and uh, oh uh, boy. did did I? Uh, I don't know if I told you I like margaritas. Might be <gasps> good to have one of I those. Do, would you like me to go make you one of those? Oh yeah, no, the shot is a great way to start the show. Sierra, you see how Thank what a spoiled little brat he is. <laughs> he's getting free alcohol and he's already complaining, saying, "No, I no, want a different, more free alcohol." Let me make you a margarita. Let that me, sounds let like fun. Let me correct you. I didn't say. <laughs> I didn't oh, yeah, like right. the drink I brought. I just said in addition yeah. to. In addition to. In, in addition to. In lieu of. <laughs> now, I, uh, Maleko, I don't know if you remember, I used to do the Bacardi Iron uh, series. Oh, yeah. And we had the Bacardi yeah, Iron, iron server. Right. And oh, we had, server. Yeah, we had server, bartender, barback. I'm thinking the way Sierra uh, navigated, navigated these Navigated this obstacle mm -hmm. course, didn't spill anything. No. And we all got our drinks on time. You're going to have to add this to the this competition. This is what I'm saying. I think, sh I think she'd be the around. winner. All right. It's like an a Iron <laughs> yeah. Server American Ninja Warrior. You'll have here. to do that when the pandemic is over, though. Oh! <laughs> Tavana, that's your cue to drink, buddy. It's your word of the day. Pay attention. Ooh. That is tasty. That is, I like R all that kinds of... That wasn't a that's tasty face. I, that that was, was a Jägermeister face. Well, no, it's a tequila <laughs> face. You know, it's like... Mm. I do love tequila, though. Tequila is, oh, is such a clean, wonderful so drunk. Dobell is uh, is that's a that's a solid solid choice always. By the way, actually, she's she's steering us in the right direction. I like that. Yeah, it's a direction straight down <laughs> into hell, <laughs> where we're used to being. Yeah. Tavana, what what um, as far as live music goes, uh, you're starting to get out there more. You're yes. starting to, to. Did you get vaccinated? Is uh, that I'm, I'm not there yet. Is no. that something you you want to do or or you don't? That's kind of personal. Is it? Is it a personal question? No, I don't care. I think, uh, <laughs> you don't have to answer that if you don't I'll want to. I'll probably be making that decision all the way into the doorway. So. Really? Okay. It's <laughs> a hard maybe. It is. But, I mean, as a musician, though, you're, you're out there. Like, I mean, you're exposed. I mean, you're, you're kind of at the Absolutely. mercy of what other people think, are doing. You know, so compared to most, uh, uh, I probably have a lot more to think about than, you know, is yeah. the traveling and, and, you know, makes it. Would make it a lot easier for me, for sure. You know. Yeah. By the uh, way, you're going to. Would be you feel better then if everyone around you was vaccinated and you didn't have to? That would. Uh, that'd I don't, be better. I, I technically don't ever feel bad ever. Though. Oh really? Yeah. 
I'm good. You feel oh, good. I'm generally good always, guys. I that's like a that. that's a good headspace to live in so. too. See him and Sierra are teaching us life lessons. <laughs> this today. is great, man. All of my negativity is washing yeah. off my shoulders. <laughs> Hold on, pandemic. Hello. <laughs> so now, but you are. I mean, in all seriousness, you are going to be traveling quite a bit. You're about to go on, on a big tour, and you know. Yeah, I, I can't imagine uh, the logistics of of traveling and and touring in in the best of times mm -hmm. is, is a nightmare and a headache. Yeah. And now you've got this extra curveball. First of all, tell us w where you're going to be going and when, and how uh, our friends on the mainland that are watching this podcast, all two of them, one is my mom, <laughs> hi mom, uh, how, hi they mom. Can, hi how mom. they can get tickets. To, my mom is dying to see Tavana. Uh, I'm actually going to be doing two states. The two most open states, Texas and Florida. Yeah. Um, and we're doing, you know, we're doing a handful of shows in each state in yeah. different areas. Well, it's nice and, knowing you. You know. There's going to be a lot of disinfecting the gear going on. But uh, but I think I'm, I'm excited, you know what I mean? It's been, it's been well over a year since I've been out that far away from home and something I really enjoy doing that I, I used to love doing and I haven't gotten to do, so... This is going to be a lot of fun, and there's a lot of people reaching out and really excited for the shows. So, when was the last tour like this that you did? I mean, well, there's no tour like this tour. I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> when was the last time you you left with your gear and you went on the road? Yeah, I to mean, do I some think shows. I was. I, I, I had gone like I think in uh, January 2020 somewhere. Okay, but you right did go. Uh, you right did right a holo holo tour last weekend in Maui, though, right? Uh, well, I did a. Um, I did a. I did two shows at the Playground, which is a new venue in Maui, which is an, a phenomenal place to play. I had a really good time. And while I was out there, I was able to film another Holo Holo episode. Um, it's not going to be out anytime soon, but I was stoked to get uh, Mr. Lucas Nelson on this one, which nice. was really, yeah. really good. We had, we had a great talk and a good jam, so he's a phenomenal guy. A lot of great stories. So. That's fantastic. Yeah. You've got this, uh, you're planning things out. You, it seems like for you, you just can't wait to get back to where you were. I mean, is, are yeah. things different for you at all? And uh, Is your headspace different? I mean, in a lot of ways, I discovered so many cool things throughout all of this, throughout the whole pandemic. You know what I mean? Hey! Oh, look at, we were lagging on that one. <laughs> Lauren, you got a drink, too. Don't. Oh. Yeah, I got my eye Don't throw the gauntlet at Lauren. She's, she'll be the only one standing yeah. at the end of the show. By the way, shout out to Maleko's wife, Lauren, who uh, runs the show behind the scenes for yeah. us and, and does definitely drink along with us and yep. then some. Yeah. yeah. Um, you uh, were, I think you've been on the podcast since the lockdown, I think more than anybody else. <laughs> um, you have taken the lead. Um, as far as local artists living and working and operating in the digital space post-COVID. And I know uh, we interviewed many artists, obviously, over the last year. Um, and most of the artists that we talked to referred to you specifically as sort of leading the charge on that. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of uh, industry appreciation, um, you know, from a lot of big names in music locally about that. Has anyone behind the scenes reached out to you, like, and said, you know, hey, man, what's Instagram? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> actually. What is this TikTok <laughs> that the kids speak of? <laughs> I did get a lot of messages, man, from, from other musicians that were trying to navigate the whole thing and saw that I was kind of doing it and had a lot of questions, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, I just answered everything as best I could. And it was, uh, I think it was just kind of a frenzy in the beginning for everybody to kind of figure everything out. There was a lot of glitching and like, Oh, I didn't know this is how that works. And now, you know, yeah. 
a lot of trial and ever, error, but um, I think everybody kind of now, and what I was saying before is like I, I we all gain kind of this, this this gold from all of this because I mean I still have a live stream. I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. Yeah, you know that was a huge win. You know, in in terms of like having something else to do that I really love. It's totally different than a live show. You know, you got like emojis and <laughs> you can see like the name of every audience member, uh, you know, yeah. and, and, and their, their applause is their comments, which you can see specifically what they're saying. It's, right. it's, I, you know, I really you know. like when, uh, when, when two fans start having their own conversation, oh, yeah. but, but they, you know, the common ground is their Tavana fans, but, but then they're having their own sort of little sidebar while the show's going on. And, you know, it's just like when you go to a show and you don't know anybody or, you know, you're all there for the love of that one artist mm -hmm. and then you make new friends by the end of the night. But normally you do that at the bar or whatever. You do it in real life. But I, I see that happening in the digital space. And, and that's not necessarily involving you directly, but it's happening because of you. It's a super beautiful thing. It happens all the time in the live stream and you see it. You know, I always review like at later and I see it and you see these cyber friendships happen, you know, and it, it's super cool, man. That's what, yeah. that's what it's all about, right? You go play music and you hope that people get inspired. Yeah. You hope that they make friends. And it's, when we yeah. were talking to musicians at the beginning of all of this, uh, one of the things that uh, uh, several of them had said was they missed the sound of the applause. They missed the room filled with reaction to the music. I mean, because um, I can imagine for what you do, because your music is so organic, you know, sometimes when you go off on riffs and you got the, the looper going and you're, you're, you got 18 different sounds going at once, um, the audience reaction is instant to that uh, with, you know, laughing and dancing and cheering. And, and yeah. I mean, even with all the emojis in the world, you know, you're still yeah. sitting in your quiet balcony, yeah. you know. Probably <laughs> half naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your kids are still in the back. Eggplant you know, emoji. <laughs> That was probably one of the immediate uh, things I noticed. It was like, oh, you know, you finish a song, it's just like, what's <laughs> 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 yeah. going on, you know? But you, you, just like with anything else, you get used to that, and you find ways to, you know, fill that dead space, and and there's kind of a beauty in letting a song end and, and letting there be silence at the end of it, letting mm. you take that in, you know? And, and so oh. there's it's just different, you know? And I think yeah. it just took a little while to get used to it. Or, um, to your point earlier about sort of learning new skills, I would imagine then musicians have to step up because in a live show, you don't have to banter a lot between songs, if at all, uh, unless you so choose. But mm -hmm. I would imagine in this format, there's a lot more sort of, I don't know if it's pressure is the right word, but you feel obligated to actually talk in between every song. Yes, that was something that has to, that you realize that that needs to happen. You know, I'm finished with the song, you know, start talking about something. Yeah. And you start going like, I need to start getting better at storytelling or something, you know. Is that weird, though, with the flow? Like, you know, because you're so used to your whole life. It's like, you okay, I'm going to go from this song right mm -hmm. into that song. And, and, right. and there's an ebb and a there flow are, to every There are set. some musicians that'll talk and tell a story between every yeah. single song. And it's like, shut yeah. up and play. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Sweet home Alabama. And no one cares, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, uh, and then there are some artists who just are silent and just play. And, I mean, and they speak through the music. And that's you, I think. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I think that there's a there's a beautiful little medium ground there that some artists like Bruce Springsteen and like even like Eddie Vedder, if you go watch them play, they're 
really good at mixing those two things together. He just named like the two most famous mumblers of all time. <laughs> no one can understand what the hell they're saying. <laughs> but you, but you, I think uh, I, I get the Bruce Springsteen reference. You know, I, I watched a couple of his recent specials. Yeah. And, you know, he does it. He just starts to tell a story, but the music is still going yeah, under the story, exactly. and then it turns into the music. Right. It's just like a, it's a whole other art, which is why, like, like you know, liner notes. I think, like, throughout my <laughs> career. For the um, kids at home, for the, yeah, we used to get, remember those. We used to purchase music from a store. <laughs> <laughs> you got that this had writing. You got this physical. Yeah, you item, remember yeah. sitting there with the booklet and listening and writing the lyrics along. Yeah. Oh man, but kids um, will never understand. So, so you have have made a pointed effort to step up your banter game, as exactly. it will, yeah. and that's actually led to uh, some an interesting choice you've made lately. I would call it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Sort of out of left field. It's definitely left field. It, it, you know, the main reason was because it was something that was scary to do, you know, and I was uh-huh. like, um, I'm always just trying to grow, you know, and I felt like that was a really good way that I could grow, and so I started doing stand-up comedy. What? Yeah. This is, this, hold on. <laughs> hold on. You're a comedian, too? Yeah, I've been doing that lately. Um, Look out, Jesse Savio. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> There's a new guitar-playing comedian in town. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. If you're watching this, I love you. <laughs> Suck it, Jesse. He might you're watch. already not as funny as Tavana, and oh I've never heard God. him perform. <laughs> uh, so, wait, so uh, was this... Is this something you've always so kind of wanted, in, right? <laughs> let's let's back up. You don't just one day decide you're going to be a comedian. You there's a there's a catalyst to this. Maybe before you were a musician, maybe you thought comedy was what you wanted to do. Well, I, I mean, I definitely always loved stand-up comedy, but it was never something I was like, I want. Listen, to we all love to watch Eddie Murphy. It doesn't mean we're going right. to get up and like exactly. start telling jokes. So but he's a better comedian than a musician, though. Let's just let's talk about that. Party all the time is classic. <laughs> Party all the time is one of the OG jams. My favorite is Boogie in my butt. That's, <laughs> that's, at least you know, I have that on vinyl. It's, it's interesting. That's on also vinyl. Maleko's yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's one of my favorites. And once again, eggplant emoji. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, did it? Did it truly come? Um, was it something that was there pre-pandemic? Oh, oh. or got me right up there. Or would it have never happened otherwise? You know, I don't know. I mean, no, I actually, it was it was already uh, floating around in my mind. I, I had been already attending, like, uh, open mics and stuff and doing research and stuff before the pandemic hit. And then I ended up running into uh, Jose Dynamite in the... Oh, God. <laughs> you know, oh Jose. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I ran into Jose at the Kona Airport one morning yeah. after a gig, and he had a gig, and we ran into each other, and I was like, hey, man, you know, I was thinking about... He's I was the thinking man. about trying to do this, and he was like, well, do it, then. I'll, I'll get you on. I was like, really? Yeah, listen, if Jose you can do stand-up <laughs> comedy, literally <laughs> anybody can. But you know what? Jose is doing what he's wanted to do. Uh, when we, Jose used to work with us at, uh, at the radio station. He used to be a sales guy, and he used to come by my cubicle and run jokes by me. He'd be like, hey, Did Maleko, he really? Maleko, awesome. Maleko, what do you think of this? Oh, God. Awesome. You know, and he would he'd run some of his material by me, and I was there for his first stand-up. It was a— All-Star Cafe. no. It was on Maui. Oh, it was on Maui. It was this little, uh, this little restaurant that turned into a bar on Maui, and there was like three people there, and it looks like they were left over from dinner. Like they didn't realize it was about to become a comedy club. <laughs> and Jose went up and he killed it. He awesome. he shut the room down. It was like it was great. Everybody laughed. He, ki- he made Literally. all three people laugh. Everybody laughed. Or, or he. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, laughed. 
Because I went to his first gig on Oahu, and it was at All Star Cafe. Mm-hmm. And that talk yeah. about going back. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. But now he's producing comedy shows. And yeah. He's, and he's, he's, he has for a while. He's got a really great network of, yeah, of comedians. Yeah, they do them right here at, Bri- at, at HB's, and, and it's they're phenomenal. There's one tonight, and I'm going to be hosting it. And they do it every Wednesday over here. So You're uh, hosting the Co- Jose Dynamite's comedy show. This tonight is amazing. At Hawaiian yes. Bryan's. Yes. I love this. Yeah. This is mind-blowing stuff yeah. here. And I did I did 20 minutes at uh, the Blue Note like a week ago. 20 minutes is That's an insane amount set. of time. Yeah. yeah. I watch a lot of movies that have comedians in it. You get a solid five. <laughs> five to seven. Golden. Five to seven. 20 and, minutes. And that's well, we it. Got, we're not going to call it a solid 20 <laughs> at this point. Okay. <laughs> but 20 is hard, though. That's a long is time it, to fill. Is it weird to get up on stage? Or, uh, I assume you do it without your guitar to, to get up. I mean, is, do you feel naked? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was a huge difference. I had been playing shows for the last 20 years, so getting up on stage playing music was very easy for me at the, at, at, you know, by 2020, you know. So you do leave the guitar behind. You don't come up on yeah, stage. Yeah, I've been just doing it. Uh, but actually at at, uh, at Blue Note, I decided to try one the, for the first yeah. time out of those, these last a six joke months. Joke with music. Yeah. A little I, Adam I Sandler the action. Set, I ended the set with something that I had written that day for it. And was it, it called it, Boogie it in well, Your Butt? You know, it wasn't. <laughs> no. Out of fear of copyright, I, I steered away. But no. How, how did that go? How did it land? It was great. It landed great. Yeah, it was a great way to end the set. And, nice. uh, and I'll probably keep doing it. Yeah. So nice. where yeah. where can people find out more about your comedy? Is that on your Tavana website? Or do you uh, keep it totally separate? Yeah. A separate uh, <laughs> I mean, undercover I, account? I, I Is that on your OnlyFans? I just I just started my OnlyFans. (laughs) No, but uh, you can find it. Flash is a big contributor to OnlyFans. He's he's got a he's got a personal bank account for OnlyFans accounts. I don't want to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Supporting a lot of young college dreams. (laughs) I mean, boogie in your butt. What are you gonna do? Oh man. So you do keep it separate? No, no. I post it on my on my Instagram page and my Facebook. But you got it. I mean, you're Tabana, man. People. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the only reason he's giving me time. He's like, dude, you're gonna bring a couple heads in at least. (laughs) You can do 20 minutes. Go ahead. He's the the one that saves him from his tent. Yeah, he's he's the one that allocates the 20 minutes. That comes from Jose. He he goes literally do 20 minutes. Well, yeah. I mean, he he pretty much maps out the show. Who's gonna do what? You know, the openers are gonna get seven, and I did like probably like four sevens before I got up to a 20. You know, and by the way anyone watching at home if you've never been on a stage before one minute on a stage oh, yeah. with a mic in your hand and yeah. a quiet room and everyone staring at you is the longest minute of it's your life terrifying. so to, to do yeah, five yeah. or seven minutes let alone 20, 20 is minutes, that's insane it's insane yeah. Yeah. in fact uh, i mean i as an mc i'm on the stage for 30 seconds with a microphone and all i do is go blah 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 make some noise and then you know and that's it yeah, and, and then w- and then also where's my free margarita <laughs> <laughs> That's my life, folks. Yeah. That is the life of an MC. It's a fantastic <laughs> play, way to live. Yeah. But th- but that's like that's terrifying enough, you know. Particularly if the crowd is huge, and you know, it, usually they're not there to see me. Well, the crowds know. aren't huge at Jose Dynamite's <laughs> comedy shows. Let's be real. One thing I noticed about comedy that I, I can say is different than music is like um, with music, you can be nervous and you can hide it fairly easily mm-hmm. through singing and whatnot. But when you're talking on stage yeah. and you're nervous, it's very, very apparent. Yeah. You have yeah. to really squash all those nerves and all yeah. the way down. And don't you feel like it, if it's almost like chum in the water, like the crowd oh, can sense that and they want to like. 
attack. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, he's bombing. This is awesome. Yeah. Have you, have you had a <laughs> Where's my tomatoes? <laughs> can't wait to just, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a comedian, though, I mean, a great time to start is during a pandemic. Oh, I, mean, I see what you did there. Yeah. Socially distanced crowds. Mm. Plexiglass. Come can't see here. the crowd. You're looking right? at your, your reflection. No one can throw <laughs> anything at you. It's beautiful. Hi, Sierra. <laughs> I came and I, I brought this over here to show you before Aww. I bring it to you. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You're so awesome. She made us a margarita, folks. I did. With Dobell tequila. With Dobell. That's yes. awesome. So there you go. Awesome. Very good. Thank you Stay so ready. much. <laughs> okay. And for those of you at home, uh, the ingredients of a margarita are... Uh, triple sec, a little bit of lime juice since we don't have limes right now. Spoon sour mix, dobell, simple wow. stuff. Easy. Shots simple fired, ladies. No limes? Wow. Alert management. Okay, Tavana, we gotta we gotta get on. We got a lot of other guests today. Um, but we would love for you, um I mean you could do five minutes of your best material or you could play a song for us. We'll <laughs> let you pick. Your choice. <laughs> Dealer's choice. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Tavana, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the Maleko and Flash show. Thank you very much, you guys. You know, that sound is is music. It's it's so good. It's so great to hear. And, you know, during the pandemic, when you were doing these, these, these six-feet-away shows, um, 
you know, one of the things that, that I sought out a lot was music. It was It's comforting, you know, uh, particularly in those first few months, you know, March through like even July or August, you know, where we were just locked up in the house. We were wiping our groceries that we had oh, delivered, no. you know. I mean, it's it was a scary time. And, and so uh, during that time, the only outlet we had was to try and find good shows. Um, and, and like I said at the beginning of the show, you're – immediate adaptation to live streaming was comforting you know it's comforting to to see that the, the things that we love and the things that we go out and enjoy are now brought home um which is something i think that you said is probably not going away anytime soon and uh even though you can combine the two you know it's nice to know they're both there yeah i agree 100 percent. and thanks for you know watching and thanks for thinking you know saying it so appreciate it man Hit the website and your yeah. Instagram and the whole nine yards. Please do. Love you guys. Check Thanks it out and check out Tavana's comedy show tonight <laughs> at right. uh, at HB Social Club too. <laughs> Are you hosting every Wednesday or when, when when's the hosting situation? How does that work? No, they, they switch hosts. They they, they yeah. circulate through them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And when you, exactly are you going on tour? For how long? Uh, I'll be gone. I'll be, uh, my first gig in Texas is April 28th, and, I'll, and then I go all the way until May 9th. I return, and I have a Mother's Day show out in Kapolei here. Fantastic. Yeah. The day you return, yes. you go right into Mother's Day. <laughs> and, of course, Tavana every last weekend of the month at Shorefire, mm -hmm. as well every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the last weekend of the month. Yeah. Ladies and, and gentlemen. Third Thursdays right here. Third Thursdays right here at yeah. Hawaiian Brian's. All right. Give it up one more time for Tavana. All right, Matt, you're up. So we're going to do a switch over here. Still to come, Paul Isaac going to join us on the show, uh, talk about a CD release party and the Earth Day celebration happening here at HB. But right now, uh, we want to bring up uh, uh, Matt here from uh, Hawaiian Brian's. DJ Bomber. To talk a little bit about uh, some of the changes here. Uh, right before the show went live, we went and we explored – the changes they've made here. Things are different. If you haven't been here in a long time, actually, I was driving here. <laughs> Things are different everywhere. I was, I was driving here. Uh, my wife and I were talking here. Lauren and I were talking on the way over. Uh, and, we you know, when I was in high school, we used to come here, and we used to play pool, you know, after yeah. school. Like, that yeah. was the thing to do. And the, the, the whole place was just pool tables. I was going to say, this machines. entire room was just Everything. A, a vast array of yeah. green tables. Hidden under a cloud of cigarette smoke. Yeah, and, or uh, it's some kind of smoke. And, <laughs> and and after that, of course, things changed. You know, the smoking was banned. But uh, the, the pool tables are still in the back. This concert venue's been here for a little bit, but they've made some other expansions, and the, the developments continue. Matt, how are you? Good, real good. Good to be here. Thanks for Sh thanks for inviting us to come and do the show from here. I really, yeah. really appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, Maleko, should we s stick with pandemic, or should we let Matt pick a different word oh. for his segment? You know, Matt, you can pick any word you want. So uh, Matt help doesn't us even out. want a word. He's just already went straight to the drinking. He's like, <laughs> yeah. word, word, Well, you whatever. said pandemic, so. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I'm fine with that. I did, I'm fine I did. With You're fine with pandemic? Okay, fine. So want to upstage Tavana, so. <laughs> I don't think that can ever be done. I don't think Tavana <laughs> can be upstage. Uh, obviously, during uh, the last year or so, you had to shut down for a period of time. Uh, how long were you guys closed? Yeah, so the venue itself, um, so 
just just so everyone's clear, like I don't I don't have ownership in the venue. Right. Um, but Get I, out I, of here. Yeah. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do Where's we. Lee? Yeah. We but, have that in common. But yeah, we have a um, the the company that the company that I do have. We have a tremendous relationship with the venue. Mm. Um, we say say the company's name. You give yourself a plug. Yeah. Meta. So the Meta Group. Yeah. There um, you go. Perfect so the, timing. Yeah. Right behind you. And uh, yeah, the Meta. So the Meta Group itself is actually comprised of three different brands, um, and basically it has to do with the type of music that that each of those brands puts on. So okay. Audiophile, which is primarily dance music, mm-hmm. kind of mainstream dance music. Uh, we have The Recess Wait. Project, which is more kind of underground kind of dance music, and then Rise Up Live. And Rise Up Live comprises of essentially everything live. So from comedy to hip-hop to local music, whatever whatever it may be. So your companies uh, produce the events that happen here in those different music spaces. Exactly. Or performance yeah. spaces. And, and Audiophile has been around the longest, right? I mean, th- those EDM shows, I feel like, have been going on for, I, I don't want to say 10 years, but maybe 10 years. It's back, <laughs> since, yeah. back since Flash was still raving. <laughs> Wait, who, where are my glow sticks? So those are still a thing. Poof. <laughs> 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 All right, references saved. Yeah, yeah. no, my, my partner Brandon and I, we, we we actually both had kind of brands that we were doing dance events with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Rise Up Electric. He had Audiophile. Uh, Brandon actually approached me about doing shows together, so we co-promoted a bunch of shows uh, together over a couple of years. And what I always like to tell people is, like, we dated for a few years, and then in 2019 we decided to get married, and that's okay. when we started the Meta Group. Okay. So we it didn't make sense for us to have two brands that were essentially doing the same thing. So we kind of sunsetted rise up electric and created rise up live. Okay. Because, uh, where we really felt like we had kind of some more runway in terms of doing shows and producing stuff was kind of in the live market. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, you know, what we wanted to do. So we've, you know, we started very small. Um, it's funny. We, we think back about doing shows on this stage where our, you know, our visuals was, somebody spray painting onto a piece of plywood Mm. and and basically did like a cool character. I've been there. I I feel you. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that, by the (laughs) way. And, you know, we've progressed to, you know, this LED panel that you see behind us. And, you know, Brandon is, he's, you know, he's more the cerebral. He's the creative guy. He's the one that will kind of lay out the stage and how he wants it to look. And, you know, because of, you know, our success over the years and kind of incremental wins, We've been able to kind of, you know, create kind of a better experience for, you know, the people that come to all the shows. Mm. That's that's been the fun part. But then obviously the pandemic happened. Ah! You're you're turning a word that I hate into a word that's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad. I like that word. This word's okay. And yeah, so essentially, so this is right after you formed the medical. 2019. Yep. So, so 2020 rolls over. In June you're thinking, 2019. Here things, comes this amazing yeah, year. You're all fired up. We're gonna kill it. <laughs> it really was. I mean, we had we had some larger scale festivals that we actually we already had talent booked, confirmed. Uh, we had announced dates, locked in, and who? you know all of who that did you have booked? Who did we miss out on? Well, I don't want to because we never publicly announced it. I don't oh, want to. Can't say it. Yeah, I don't want to say it. But it. it 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 would have turned a few say heads it. in terms of you just know say in it. terms just of dance. It. At this dance point, you music. could just say. Th- I know. At this point, yeah. you just know, it was Tiesto. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. We had Michael Jackson, dude. He was coming back for his yeah. reunion tour. It was Got amazing. that cryo thing working <laughs> overtime. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. So obviously, then I remember our first event when kind of all of it was starting to kind of go down. Is you know the artist didn't make the trip over, and we still had a show. 
and we still like put it on. We used local talent for that show. Right. And then it was like the following week, basically every you know everything the, shut down. The, shut, the shutdown happened because of why the pandemic. Hey. Oh, come on. Now. <laughs> Oh, you're just throwing softballs now. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. <laughs> so, so that shut you down. I mean, it, it, and it got we got quiet our lockdowns end of March, mid-March. And you, at that point, you're what? You're sitting at home on your couch and watching Tavana live streams. You know, at, at, at that point. <laughs> Going, man, this guy should really be a comedian. <laughs> He's wasting his talents playing guitar. It, it, was, it was really funny because there was actually a, a multitude of things that kind of happened over the next few months. Um, obviously the first couple, you know, month or so we're trying to work with the agencies and the managers, you know, trying to reschedule stuff. And in terms of kind of our team with, with putting on shows, we really felt like, ah, by August we'll be fine. We, we all need to kind of button up for about two or three months and then, you know, this will pass. And then that, we'll that was the sentiment I think all around. Everyone's yeah. like, couple months, we'll be good. So Midsummer. We were, yeah, so we were rebooking starting kind of in August, and we were leaving some stuff on the books in August, and then we, you know, we had another large kind of festival that we had planned for January that we, you know, we actually committed to during that time. January twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Okay. And so we thought we were, you know, we'll we'll be fine by then. And then as you know, obviously as time went on, you know, we kept having to kind of punt things further and further down the road. And then eventually it became it became a point that like, man, we should probably just try to like recoup some of our deposits and we need to kind of, you know, circle the wagons. How um how how as far as the agents uh, that you dealt with um, how were they? I know there's, I've heard a lot of different stories and obviously different agencies. <laughs> Look at his smile. There's like a flash, but by the way, inside knowledge here, flash, uh, worked with a promotion company for years. Uh, and so the, that's the how insights. we first met actually. Yeah, oh really? Yeah. yeah. He, well, he, he was working at BAMP. He actually helped me put on uh, essentially my first show. Yeah, at the yeah, Republic. At the Republic. Oh, this is nice. This is backstory. DJ Bomber. Yeah. That's why I, DJ Bomber. Uh, I heard you so. say that, but I was yeah. like, so Bomber. Bomber is kind of my alias. That's what I perform under. Uh -huh. um, so I I got into DJing ten years, eleven years ago, and he took the G spot route. If no one's gonna book me to DJ, I'm just gonna throw my own shows <laughs> and book myself. So I started I started doing my own shows, <laughs> and then actually ended up doing some larger festivals kind of around the world did some touring for about about three years or so by the and way i just want to stop you right there because legitimately that was his first big show at the republic and and he did a really fantastic job he took it super seriously and uh he he got really creative and didn't just book djs and like you know do he didn't do the bare minimum he really thought things through and went above and beyond and you were uh as far as outside promoters working at the republic you um, and I mean this in the best possible way. You took advantage of me and what I what I could offer you uh, in, in the best way. And he's also a great DJ. Yeah. That's awesome. I take yeah. advantage of Flash every <laughs> opportunity I can. Boogie so in the butt. That is uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. No. And and I my background is actually in golf. I was the director of golf up at Turtle Bay for twelve years. And really, my passion while golf was was the center of it, one of the things I really found myself really enjoying while I was up there was putting on kind of one-off events yeah. mm -hmm. and annual events and those types of things. And when when kind of the music thing kind of, you know, became more of a focus in my life, I, I really kind of just thought to myself, well, you know, this all I'm just switching is the medium, the mm -hmm. kind of the activity of kind of selling a ticket to have somebody go and have a good time for three to four hours, that all remained the same. And that was, you know, that was the part that kind of really kind of inspired me 
to kind of get into this. And that's, that's where I, I really find, you know, kind of the, my joy with, with this industry. Nice. So, but getting back to the pandemic. Hey. Oh, gosh. We had to, uh, so we really had to re- rethink some things. And, and that was about the time that everyone was, you know, there were, you know, everybody was getting on Twitch. Everyone was starting to do live streams. And we kind of held off for probably a couple of months longer than a lot of, a lot of people did. And we'd actually came down here, kind of hijacked some of, you know, the, the display, some of the lighting, uh, the pipe and drape. And we set up a small studio in my house. And we started doing our own live streams where we would bring in kind of just a couple of people and, and we would, you know, and we would run these things. Like I think he's talking about porn shoots, but I'm, I'm not quite <laughs> clear. Well, it was yeah. just a couple of people with some you know. pipe and drape, some lighting. We always left it as like an undisclosed We always left it as like an undisclosed location, and people <laughs> never really knew where it was. Yeah, and we right. actually didn't really, I didn't really want anyone to know where it was. Yeah. But we, you know, so we started, you know, so we started with that, and then um, about that time, Lee actually approached me because Lee, you know, during during this time, Lee with Hawaiian Bryan's. It gave him a lot of time to kind of think and strategize in terms of what he wanted to do kind of coming out of it. And one of his big joys is really in artist management. And that was the beginning in the infancy of 26 and Jane, which is kind of the other company that I'm, yeah. I'm partners with, with, with Lee. And we have this, you know, kind of small artist management company. And our first client was Tavana. And Tavana the comedian or (laughs) (laughs) that's a totally separate agreement. (laughs) (laughs) So we, you know, and and I got a chance to get to know Tavana a little bit. And, you know, you really kind of saw the passion for, you know, and, and again, my experience really in music had been with DJing and music production, that type of stuff. But I really start to see the the passion of live musicians and in he really you know then he kind of started to say like oh can we do some live streams can we do you know he was already doing six feet of music six feet away but he wanted to do kind of an admission type of you know a fee-based uh concert the first one in hawaii to do that right and and we ended up doing it down at Lico's, uh yep. down in hawaii kai and it, he it had was a residency he was there every week for for months up until the pandemic and and they were you know and, and <laughs> sorry <laughs> well done <laughs> No. <laughs> so we ended up so we ended up doing some live streams with him. We did some live streams with Stephen Inglis. Um, you know, we recorded some some videos with uh, with Paul. You know, these are all kind of people that have kind of you know kind of come come into Twenty Six and Jane, and it's 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 been a lot of fun. So we have this. You know, obviously, then as things started to open in the fall, then we started to kind of look. Okay, can we start slotting some of these, and can we start doing you know, some limited seating, you know, small capacity shows. And that's really kind of where the dinner, kind of the dinner show concept kind of came in. And at Hawaiian Brian's at Hawaiian Brian's and, you know, Lee and his dad, Glenn, you know, really kind of, you know, thought everything through. They were able to kind of work out kind of a strategic relationship with Odorico, which is downstairs to kind of, you know, kind of help with some of the food delivery and execution. Um, you know, we, you know, you know, we were really strict in, t- in terms of, you know, doing the contact tracing and all those kinds of things. And, you know, then eventually, you know, kind of starting and we, we kind of experimented with a few. And then in December, we said, OK, well, let's try start doing some dance music. 
and then we had Curion that that came over, and she's uh, you know an amazing kind of kind of tech house, um, kind of more kind of trancy uh, DJ that came over and did a show. And what was really kind of special about that was is that that on that night everyone is essentially experiencing a totally different type of format of show mm-hmm. for the very first time. Nobody had probably ever gone to an you know, an electronic show, an EDM show, and sat at a table. And had meals that were included in their ticket price. Provided, yeah, because provided ecstasy makes you not hungry, right? I mean, that's. that's, that's <laughs> I was going to be a little more subtle, but yes, Just, you know. <laughs> but it, it it was it was really amazing, and it was people that were kind of coming in, you know, and, and, and you know, you got to think back, you know, these are people that had been locked up in their house for months, yeah. and you know, hadn't gone to work or hadn't done all these kinds of, and were able to kind of come out and have kind of some semblance of normalcy you know at least for a few yeah. hours how, how does that work with I, I mean at some point everyone knows you're not supposed to get up and dance but you know you're you're a few margaritas in uh, <laughs> she's killing it on stage you right. know you, you're getting the, the the vibe you know maybe i'm single and there's a cute girl at the table next to me um because oh, i've had to experience this with with events over the past you know six plus months where y- you know you gotta like Okay, you still you got to sit back down, and, and that's can be like a buzzkill. Like it sucks. I hate to do that. Yeah. Right. It's like we spent our whole lives, and these these poor artists have spent their whole lives. It's like no, you need a dance floor. Like you need. What are you doing? You're doing something wrong if you're not getting a dance floor. And now you, as a promoter, are put in this really awkward position. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The 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 dance thing was it kind of was probably the touchiest of of parts of it for uh, I think for us and for the venue and for security and that type of stuff. I mean, the EDM show. Uh, without dancing yeah and and since then it's you know we 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 allow people you can stand at the table you can dance at the table but you have to stay at your table right so you can't start drifting drifting around the room can you dance on the table i've had that i've had that question about five or six times i've yet to see anyone attempt it so oh challenge accepted (laughs) there bomber (laughs) we used to do that at at skyline (laughs) we did we all did that at skyline we used to be able to dance on we've ruined so many boots at that poor sheraton did. Yeah, High heels I. into a booth or not a wouldn't recommend that. But I would I would say that I, the one of the thing and you know and I'm typically kind of the the guy that's out front scanning the tickets and kind of going running through. I have yeah. and I get teased on this relentlessly by by you know my my colleagues and everything about going through the whole thing that you can stand at the table, you can dance at the table, you don't need your mask at the table, but you have to go around the venue, yeah. go outside, use the restroom, you got to put your mask on. We've got servers yeah. to help you with food and drinks. You know, I just talked to a, a, a wedding planner who said that they've now added a new member of staff. It's the COVID officer. It's someone who's completely in charge of rules and regulations, yep. making sure that social distancing is happening, mask wearing, right. sanitizing, things like that. Uh, and it's just it's just Super one fun. more one more person on staff, <laughs> but Super that person yeah. that if, if you put it all on that person, then then you don't have to be that guy. Yeah. You know, well, I'm that guy for us, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it flashes that guy too in you know, our relationship. I, I'll <laughs> say two. I'll say two things in regards to that. The f- the first is is that I've had people that have come up to me and been very complimentary to the fact that we have been adhering to mm-hmm. kind of the protocol and what what the city yeah. and county and what CDC has recommended and all those types of things that we have kind of been adhering to it that we do do contact tactic trace. You do 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 you do do. But, you know, that's important for me personally, you know, particularly I, I told Tavana earlier, you know, I, I went deep into the COVID fear at the well, beginning. Uh, also, at the beginning I of mean, the full disclosure, he, he's, you know, he has asthma, so he's high risk to begin yeah, with. Yeah, so they classified Besides me as, as, fat. 
they classified me, you know, at least I'm not ugly, you know. It's, uh, they classified me as, as, as uh, high risk early on. And so I immediately took to that. I'm like, okay, so this is not just an illness. This could be a death. And so um, everything that has happened as far as safety goes, I pay attention to. So I go there and I notice if there's plexiglass between the performer. Um, I notice if the bartender has the mask below, below the nose, you mm -hmm. know, or if people aren't wearing masks and mm -hmm. things like that. And for me, even if it's COVID theater, even if it's just theater. pretend, it makes me feel better and it makes me feel more comfortable being at a place um, – you know, enjoying a cocktail or, in a show or, you know, otherwise I feel very uncomfortable yeah, uh, and I want to leave. Yeah. Or I was going to say on the flip side. And so I had um, a few of my friends that were at a big party and I'll, I'll say who it is. The deck uh, last weekend. Yeah. Totally packed. No social distancing, people dancing, no masks on. And it wasn't all the locals were following the protocols. It was all the tourists mm -hmm. that were not. And several of my friends that were there for one of their friends' birthday party got up and left. Yeah. So the people that are teasing you, they can tease you all you want. But as a yeah. business person, it's like you're protecting your business. Yeah. You're also protecting your customers because you're not going to have a business nowadays without having people feel yeah. safe they just won't come and there's i mean obviously there's been there's been several events that have gotten some you know some news coverage and you know we're not about that yeah we're we want to are you a legit promoter just yeah are you are you a rock star <laughs> then people just want to see your face so you're not gonna wear a mask yeah we uh it, it is definitely not about my partner and i when it comes to these things and uh and we, we like keeping it that way but the yeah. but the second it's not thing, an inside joke folks just just search news yeah. events just google why and I concert promoter? They're all legit, and they're rock stars. They want to see our face. They that's definitely. Right. I mean, who doesn't want to see the promoter's face oh at a concert? God. Oh my god! That's but what I'm paying. That's what I'm paying for. But essentially. the but the second thing is is that the the, the other thing that we've noticed is is and and again to make it you know, you know guys like Tavana and other artists that we've we've brought in from the mainland and everything. This this is how they make their living. This yeah. is how they provide for their families. This is how they do it, and they they need to make. You know they need to make a wage. They need, right. and so in order to do that, and in order to, you know, with because we've had a scale back, there has been a, an increase in ticket prices. Right. But with the increase in ticket prices, there's an experience that I think is way different than, you know, pre. It's a premium experience. Pre-pandemic. Yeah, I think. Hey. Oh my God. Look at that! Right on Sierra. Time. Stop. Sierra. No. Go away. This mm. is my job. <laughs> Sierra, your job is awesome. And you're amazing at it. Thanks. Thank you. I feel like I'm in a, an obstacle course. You are in an obstacle course. It's but, amazing. But so things like, you know, and again, for, for the customer that's coming into the venue and, and coming, you know, in this case, uh, HB Social Club is coming in, is that the tables are, are spaced out. Right. That you are coming with kind of your group of friends, whether it's a table of two, table of four, table of five, table of six, whatever it may be. And so you're being kind of selective, in mm -hmm. fact, of, you know, who you're inviting to, to these shows to be with. Right. You have your own space to dance. Nobody's, you know, and, and, I, and I think this is probably more especially true for females. And, you know, coming, pay attention, <laughs> coming, coming to the shows mm -hmm. because, you know, it, it, everyone's been to these like large scale shows where everyone's shoulder to shoulder and you, you're, you're up against some, you know, some sweaty dude that you don't even know, but. That's even just even if you do know him, who cares? Yeah, that doesn't mean I yeah. want you to sweat on and, me. And 
so you're so eliminating experience is better. You're eliminating yeah. all of that, and I and I think there's an appreciation from the people that come through the doors, you know, f- you know, because some of those things are, you know, are are not involved with the show right now. Right now, we and don't I know what it's going to be like a year from now if that stuff is going to return. Hopefully, or hopefully that that doesn't return. Hopefully, everybody gets a little bit more space with their ticket price, and you know that's one of the things we've talked about in the show a few times in the past. I am willing to pay uh, a higher ticket price for a safer concert experience. You're not you know, willing to pay any price for a concert <laughs> ticket. No, personally, no. I mean, when I say I, I mean people like me, not me though. <laughs> me personally, I would rather not pay for it. I'm on the list. Matt, thank you so much for coming in. Matt, uh, thank thanks you. for sharing appreciate with us. Yeah. Appreciate it. Where, um, where can we find out more about your upcoming events, etc.? cetera? Uh, we are meta.com. Uh, actually, just today we announced uh, two dates with Ron Artiz. Uh, he's coming oh, back. Love May, nice. May love 22nd, 23rd. We're excited yeah. to have him back. The whole Artiz family are Ron Artiz and the truth are coming through and uh, – you know, I'm just completely blessed to be able to uh, to call the next your next guest, uh, Paul, a friend and uh, a client of ours. And uh, you'll you'll see. And I, I hope he can talk a little bit about his farm because I've had a chance to, you know, during kind of this this whole pandemic. Hey! My last one. <laughs> Going out on high note. <laughs> I've had a chance to visit him out at, at your garden, and uh, you really, I, th- I think you learn a lot about Paul through his music, probably, I, I think, almost more so than, than a lot of other artists. But then you go out to his farm, and you really kind of see w- everything that it encompasses in his life, and it's, it's, it's really special. So All you're right. in for a treat. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Ladies and Matt, thank you so much. Meta Group. Make Paul sure you Isaac check them out. Meta.com. Uh, that's M-E-T-T-A.com. Uh, and, of course, right now we're going to bring up our next musical guest. Uh, he's uh, Don't he's trip. Sierra made it look easy, but this could end yeah. not well at all. Yeah. Uh, he's Let's uh, have uh, four margaritas and then <laughs> jump through a bunch of uh, wires. <laughs> Local singer-songwriter Paul Isaac. He's got his first ever EP recorded live from a farm. In the back roads of Waimanalo, uh, the CD release party is tomorrow. Uh, his five-track uh, EP is called Live and Acoustic uh, at, uh, Yo, at Yo Garden. It, it's got uh, some funky rhythms. It's got some great lyrics. Um, he's got a real positive vibe to the whole thing. Um, he's kicking off the CD release uh, party with a uh, farm-focused Earth Day event happening tomorrow at 7 o'clock right here at HB Social Club. That's uh, April 22nd, yeah, it 2021. Is a, it is a nonprofit uh, partnership with Keiki and Plow. That's an organic farm in Hawaii Kai dedicated to inspiring health, empowering children, and connecting the community through agriculture. Uh, if you want to go, you can look forward to a blended performance of folk, some blues, some rock, some reggae, and, of course, enjoying some of Isaac's deep love for the Ina. Tickets, by the way, only $20 on Eventbrite. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Paul Isaac. Paul Isaac! For having me. Thank you so much for coming and and for being a part of the show today. It's it's, it's an honor to be with you. Yeah, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. You've got an incredible story. Uh, definitely want to get into talking about recording music on a farm in Waimanalo. Mm. That sounds fun and exciting. Before we do that, though, you kind of you were watching the show a little bit. Do you yeah. have your own word of the day <laughs> that you would like to contribute to this show? We're gonna Paul, s- if you say pandemic, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> it's still the word, by the way. <laughs> oh, 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 I can't into that one. Do you want me to add a word? Yeah, yeah. any word yeah, you want. It's funny because when you guys said word, usually my friends laugh at me because when we've played games like this, I always go towards the farm mindset. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, I usually pick like flowers or, or fruits and stuff like that. Uh, but we can just go with farm. Farm. Farm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Every time you hear the word farm today. Farm! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, when we did our, uh, um, our Living Room Live series this past year, mm -hmm. uh, you contributed. You, you, you performed a great song for us. You helped us uh, raise. We raised uh, almost $50,000. No, was actually more than that. It was about... Uh, Almost seventy grand. Almost raised, seventy yeah. total uh, wow. in uh, yeah. in money for PPE. Uh, just when when the time when when the world needed it most. Right. And so we thank you so much for that. Oh, of course. And for contributing your part for that. Uh, you know you've you've been such an integral part of of the community here. Uh, not just providing music, but you know with with your farm life and and you know with just your positive energies and stuff. So it's really great to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm so grateful. Yeah, happy to share about what we do. And uh, yeah, I've been. You know, heard you guys on the radio for many years, so it's nice to finally meet you, too. So. Right on. Thank he's, you. He's just talking about you, mainly. I'll yeah. give you that one. Yeah, <laughs> no one that's fair. Is, are you still on the air? We don't I've even heard know. you guys I've been on the radio a couple yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. A couple of years, yeah. We'll yeah, see yeah. when I name drop him, I think, is what yeah. you mean. Uh, so you, you, are you living on a farm now? You're, 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 your yeah. whole lifestyle is uh, you are a farmer. You are. What, what are you, what's your What's yeah. your day-to-day -day life? So it's basically I'm a farmer musician, so it's kind of like one of those things where... Farmer first? Yeah, I, yeah, that could be interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, depending on what hat I'm wearing at the time, like mm -hmm. the farm is all consuming. You know, when you're in it, you're in it. Same thing with the music. When you're in it, you're in it. So finding that balance has been kind of my journey. And within that comes our business, Yo Garden. For me, the yoga, uh, that's really brought me clarity and peace of mind and, and health. So that's where th that's our trinity, yoga, gardening, and music. By the so. way, what a clever name, Yo Garden. <laughs> I when I that. when I was re I was reading about that, I'm like, that's really clever. Did right you get on. the yoga right away? Or you you figured it all out? You got the <laughs> Trinity off yes, the bat. Yes, I know. I went to Kaiser, but I'm not that dumb. Well, I it got, wasn't I the Kaiser right part. I was just you know just <laughs> in general, just the V part, just in general the flash. <laughs> no, I part. got I got that right away. I thought that was super clever, and it it seems very on brand for yeah. you. Um, how much does uh, the farming inform your music? Yeah, you know. That has been one of my biggest driving factors for probably a decade now is just I know works in general. And then I, as I was kind of more as a gardener discovering myself and what that means to step into something like that, grow food, watch a seed be planted and, and watch food come from that is truly a, a miraculous thing. So as I was having that life-changing experience, I was writing music at the same time. So just because it was um, inspiring to me, course music is comes from inspiration comes from that creative element so it's just naturally intertwined with the farming so i have so many like songs to sing about the earth so tomorrow <laughs> literally for my earth day set i'm like what songs don't i play <laughs> for, for my for my um, for my you know set list um that so really it's just very intertwined and so i'm all about kind of that forward movement um, on positive thinking and and what it means to get and support local farms when uh, uh I, i've been told when you're working and you're 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 just tilling on the land you're you're working and you're you're communicating with just what you're growing uh -huh. um it's it a lot of what you're mentally experiencing is is solo it's in your head it's an individual experience mm -hmm. and so uh one of the, the i just read an article recently about a farmer who said that you know a lot of times 
that uh, idea of singing music or of creating poetry or music while you're farming, it's just it's almost intertwined oh, yeah. because there's no communication otherwise. It's literally just you and your thoughts. I say sing to your veggies. They're going to grow bigger. And I really think <laughs> that, yeah, it's true. You know? Is there other things I can sing to that will grow bigger? Yeah. yeah. Asking for a friend? It's <laughs> <laughs> no help for you, class. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I think that, that, that space of, like, clarity that you're speaking of uh, that farmers go to um, and that creative space, for me, like, that's why I think I chose farming as a lifestyle was, like, because of the peace that came from it, you know? And because, uh, you know, I have a mind that goes all over the place. So it's, like, to find that clarity, you know, when I witness something that is just so simply happening there's nothing to else to be explained it's just literally the creative process mm -hmm. of mother earth you know the seed and the sprouting forth from that is just it's true it's true magic and it's that that brings peace because i think it, it it focuses in on what's happening focuses in on the moment you know a lot of uh, uh talk has been had about what we can do with our economy now that tourism was stopped essentially yeah, yeah. Uh, during the past year and uh, a, a big part of that was we could build a really robust agricultural economy if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, as a farmer in the middle of it all, I mean, is it, do you think it's still viable that Hawaii could have an agricultural economy that uh, rivaled tourism? Oh, 100%. And I, f I feel um, like ecotourism as well mm -hmm. should definitely mm. be incorporated mm -hmm. more where it's like, yeah, I mean, Waikiki is there and people can stroll through Waikiki, but what about the farmers who are growing the food and, like, really highlighting them and getting to see these interactive farms that um, really give you an authentic experience of Hawaii, mm -hmm. which is, like, you know, not what you typically get in Waikiki so or, or in certain tourist locations. So uh, I feel like in stepping into the farming movement, you know, let it be the new thing, let it be the fad, mm -hmm. let it be hip, you know? And that's what I think I'm feeling with this new wave is, like, for me, I can't go back. Like, this is my life. Like, this is, like, what I'm devoting myself to. And I get great joy out of it. Honestly, one of my favorite things in the world is to pass out, like, oranges and avocados and, and you know, turmeric. It's, like, I feel like I'm passing gold well, out thanks, to the Thanks for the ones you're giving us today. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, you bring that up, though. The, 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 there's a generation of woke travelers that are looking for more authentic experiences. They're craving it. They want it. Uh, They're looking and, for it. And they have money, and they're willing to spend to make it happen. Take those dumb Hallie's money. You know, it's, Take it's, it. It, it. I mean, and, and for those of you that aren't familiar, it's like it's one thing to spend a certain amount of dollars and jump on a tour bus and drive around and be pointed at uh, different buildings and experiences. It's another to be completely immersed in the local culture. And uh, particularly when you're talking about something like agriculture, where they, they, will, they will take you to a farm and you'll work the land. Right. You'll 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 be a contributing factor to actual working farmland. Mm -hmm. And then maybe eat lunch that's all ingredients that was provided by mm -hmm. that farm. And that's an experience that, you know, prior to recent travel was, you know, you'd see it in movies, you'd read about it in books or magazines, but you know, it it was rare. I mean, how do you how would one possibly know how to go work, you know, a, a kalo farm? You know, how how could that ever happen and now it seems like especially in hawaii 
uh, a lot of uh, farmers are turning to that. Uh, have you seen a big boom in, in people that are interested in coming to see and experience? Honestly, that's like one of the biggest driving factors of my farm is like community involvement. And we have a volunteer day every Thursday. And honestly, it's like it's beautiful to see people just come to be of service, you know, and like learn. And, and that's why I tell people like the best way to learn alongside me is to just come to the farm. So how so how could someone sign up for thir- for this Thursday volunteer day? Yeah, so actually for Earth Day we're get from nine to twelve. We'll be at the farm, and sometimes we do an afternoon sesh, but not this Thursday. And I'm gonna be playing the show after that. So right. um, yeah, every Thursday from nine to twelve at our farm, and you can look that up. It's on our website yogardenhawaii.com. Um, but really, like that's how I I base my week around is like I'll do little projects here and there, and then I set up like I'll. I'll take my bobcat and make giant piles of mulch because on Thursday we can spread that mulch all over this field. And it's like if I was to do that by myself, it would have taken days. So that's been amazing to witness, just community come together and support the agriculture. I just picture these city people, these people who wear their (laughs) Ren Spooner Aloha (laughs) shirts six days a week coming down there for for three hours and getting muddy. What's the typical um, breakdown on a a typical Thursday of the volunteers? Like how many are tourists, how many are locals, how many are from, you know, your town, how many are coming across the island, that sort of thing? Yeah, it's slowly starting to um, come into shape again as well, you know, Within the whole pandemic time, it was definitely uh, one of those situations where less people came to the farm. And Kelly, my partner, and I really had to be like, okay, you know, we got to figure out what just us can do. (laughs) And slowly we're like opening up again. And yeah, some like um, it was a few months ago, uh, these people from who were staying in one of the hostels came through and they were like, we were like craving for this experience. And, you know, it's open space. It's a three and a half acre farm. We can weed over here. We can plant over here. It's like people have yeah, space. Yeah, social distancing is not hard. Yeah, <laughs> in the outside <laughs> farm. Setting, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. By the way, word of the day. Uh, <laughs> farm. We've missed a few, by the way. So mm-hmm. if you're drinking at home, it's fine. I'll have, I'll a have few another. Sips. If you insist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, more farms in our life. <laughs> But yeah, the people are craving that experience, and uh, particularly, I imagine, you know, during this pandemic time when, you know, like for us, we live in a 900 square foot condo in Hawaii Kai. We're like we're 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 walled up with windows and doors, and there's no there's no agricultural experience to that at all, except for what we see outside of our window. And so I can only imagine that. I mean, if you want the ultimate social distancing experience, I mean, <laughs> you can't get any better than being out there in the open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what's been um, or has there been any um, between not just, n- let's say you specifically, but just local farms in yep. general and the tourism authority about, you know, matching up um, tourists, you know, to Maleko's point of ecotourism is not just a, a, a big thing here in Hawaii lately, but it's it worldwide is a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, or has there been any sort of communication at all between... Is HTA supporting you? Are yeah. They, they throwing some tourism dollars your way? Sending or tourists at, or your way? Or at least beginning conversations, anything at all? You know, I haven't had those conversations personally, so I can't speak to that in, like, my personal... Like, for me, it's just I, I send a blast out on the Instagrams and you're medias. open and accepting. Yeah, and, like, I, yeah. and I'm very open to what that looks like. And, you know, there are rules to, to certain lands, too, and, and, and how they open up to ecotourism because you're then opening yourself up to buses and, and people who aren't, yeah. you know, some of those are back roads areas, very personable homes and stuff like that, too. So 
you also don't want to step on toes. So it's right. like uh, there's a fine line between like you know fully opening the doors and just being like, hey, here's yeah. a day where we can like come together. Yeah. So I'm I'm totally interested in that conversation and willing to have it when the time yeah. is right. But right now for me, what I what I have going with the farm feels perfect. Right. Yeah. We don't want to turn this into like a MacNut farm tour, yeah. you know, no. where you get busloads of people yeah. that come in. Um, but it's it's an interesting concept though. If you think about where Hawaii is or where we were before the pandemic in 2019, you know, we had more tourists consuming more of what we had to offer than we had locals consuming local culture. And so it was, uh, the term was over-tourism. You know, we had too many people for what we could provide with resources. And then, of course, during the pandemic, the locals got to breathe a little bit. We got to see a little bit about what Hawaii can feel like without that influx of visitors. Um, Love it. Waikiki was was a it was so beautiful. Waikiki was amazing. Yeah, I went and surfed a few times. I was like, wow, way Isn't less that great? What a there. great break and everything yeah. out there. The water's beautiful. That's where I learned to surf. Yeah, so many years ago. And yeah. and it, we don't get to go do that when you know you got thirty thousand people arriving here right. every day. Um, and so you know, as as the island started to breathe and get a little more breath uh, with with just local culture uh, being immersed without tourism. Now, as we look into what happens next. Is it going to be, are we just going to go back? Is it just easy to just, you know, put the record back on the track right before we were in 2019 and just bring 30,000 people here every day on Southwest $100 flights and right. hopefully they're going to spend $200 before they leave well, on like Sunday? I swear to God, if you lost us, another sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like if, if, there's, if there's all this amount of tourism that's coming and it's like, or – we could give those people an experience that yeah. they'll remember for a lifetime. And can't get know. anywhere else, possibly. It's rethinking it, you know? It's rethinking how we approach, you know, as what we call the new normal. What is that new, mor- new normal? We have the opportunity to kind of shape that. And I think um, what that whole time period in 2020 allowed was, was the fact that we could rethink what we're all doing. Like, I had to rethink myself as a musician, you know? And I actually honed in further on my purpose as a farmer, through that time hey. because, hey. yeah. That counts. Give thanks. Farm, farmer, whatever. It works. All inclusive. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I I definitely feel like there's so much room for growth and I, and I hope this brought more awareness to a lot of people uh, in the sense of agriculture and like how important it is and how much we need to support our local agriculture movement. But but also, you know, to your point and, and Maleko's point is, you know, there's been a ton of discussion uh, locally in the last year about, you know, and it's a conversation, you know, I was born and raised here. I've heard this conversation my entire life with zero movement on it uh, is, you know, how do we d- diversify? How do we not be so dependent, be so dependent upon tourists? <clears throat> and it's, it's just, I almost feel like it's lip service because at the end of the day, everyone is just like, yeah, but let's just get more tourists here w- without right. really. Because it's easy to do. Mm- Without but don't forget, Hawaii was an agricultural economy before totally. it was a tourist. Agriculture is, before the, is, the, jet is the, plane. Third, it's the third biggest industry here in Hawaii. It used to be number one, though. I mean, it could be number one if we legalized it, for starters. <laughs> but right now, it's number three after the military and tourism. Right. But uh, it's, I just I wonder and I hope, and, and again, I, you know, is anyone having these conversations with you about diversification of our local economy? Um, and, and where farms and agriculture fits into that. Yeah, so with your point, like, you know, people are going to come. People want to come to Hawaii. You know, we're not going to, like, really slow that tourism. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's happening. So, like we were saying, like, reshaping that. 
and how it looks and like with with more awareness to the fact that farms are av- here and available and to empower the local farmers movement so um, that we can then have these spaces to welcome in people to show them the authenticity of Hawaii and growing food, you know, and, and yes, like these are conversations I love to have because uh, like I said, I feel like this is my life journey. So it's like, I'm always going to be growing food here in Hawaii. So I, I hope it continues to evolve. So where that number, what what's crucial to point out is the number that, w- uh, the percentage that we ec- import into Hawaii food, food wise, which is still at 90%, yeah. which is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And so the fact that, this is a growing movement. There are younger um, farmers coming up. You know, uh, there's an epic crew in the back roads of Waimanalo that I'm so grateful for. And we're all, you know, trying to figure it out. Like, I grew up without any awareness of agriculture. or But I was raised in a, in a, in a, a deli. My father owned Gia Deli in Kailua. And what? That was yeah. your dad? Gia Deli? <laughs> the best what? deli in the history of the state of Hawaii? That's my pop I am, my mind what? is blown! Gia Deli, oh. I used to drive to Kailua oh from town. I thought you guys Once might know Gia Deli. Yes! Hands down the best deli ever in Hawaii. When it caught fire, I was so oh sad. Oh my god, wait Way a- to bury the lead, Paul! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you guys had no idea. Oh, I had no oh. idea! <laughs> I spent so many days. That's that my Gia childhood. Deli, that's the yeah. that's my jam. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing. You used to be able to just buy the prosciutto on the side that's in the whole right, nine man. yards. Oh my god. So I was raised on salami, pickles, and olives. So it's like, <laughs> you know, in every meat I could imagine. Can you tell your dad to please reopen? Oh please. man, please Can I come back. You know, I think that sail that ship has sailed. He tried. You know, he came back with a truck. So he had the Giadelli food on Giadelli on wheels for about a. Six months stint, uh-huh. and then he was like, "No, it's it's done. It's done." Oh, oh man! Uh, let me talk what to your dad. What a piece! Yeah, if you guys man. can convince him, oh like, my like god, fire, dude, Gia you know? Deli is that is <laughs> nothing has ever compared to it. N- it I mean, hasn't. It has there, there are there are other sandwich shops in yeah. Hawaii, and we love them all. They're and all we love great. them all. But this this was truly uh, it. It holds a special place in my heart. Uh, living in Kailua, <laughs> it was like that was the gem. When you went to Gia Deli, it was special. Uh, I lived totally. in town, and I was driving over literally once a week just yeah. to get a sandwich at Giadelli. Well, my I dad could remember everybody's <laughs> sandwiches. Like, he was, like, kind of had the steel trap memory of, like, oh, yeah, you get pastrami on rye, you know? And I, he just made it a very homey experience for a lot of people. And for me, like, I didn't realize how lucky I was till you know, the fire happened, and we I didn't have basically every meat and cheese on tap like, <laughs> available to me. How are you so skinny, by the so way? So this is, you know... <laughs> You know, that was, <laughs> I, I was 19 when that caught fire. And to get back to my point, like, that was a blessed childhood. But I never saw an animal slaughtered, and I never saw a farmer grow food. Mm. So mm. for me, like, yes, the belly holds a huge place in my heart and a part of who I am. Um, but the biggest realization after that was, like, going out on the road, seeing farms, seeing things that I had never seen before. I was, th- I was in the restaurant business. I was in, you know, selling sandwiches. Like, I didn't realize there was a whole other part to the restaurant world, like which, which is, is crazy, because you're so <laughs> close <laughs> to it, yeah. and yet you weren't aware of it. Yeah, you know, you you're aware, like oh, the you know the pig slop goes to the pig farmer, you know, and then but you're not like these these meats there were epic meats, but they were coming in from California, you know, yeah. shipped in uh, all all these amazing foods that you know weren't grown here. So it was like 
that for me later was like, okay, how like how c- how can we close that? How could this happen here? You know, and I don't know if the deli could it can't really run uh, on everything we have here. Like those meats were like you know coming in from the mainland, yeah, and um, all those big farms over there. So it it needed that. Um, but for me, it was like kind of reinventing myself around the part that I didn't know. It was like the roots mm. and culture of like what it meant to plant a seed and what it meant to like actually have a chicken and eat the egg that from the chicken, you know? It was mm. like... What do you learn? I mean, how did you even think, oh, I'm going to go start a farm? I mean, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think about that now, like my my sheltered life, you know, my, my manicured nails. It's like how... How do you suddenly go, my makeup, (laughs) you know, how do I suddenly go to to become a farmer? It's it's funny because a lot of my friends would would laugh now because when I was younger, I didn't want anything to do with the yard. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Really? You weren't loving yard work and weekends? As far as like yard work. Yeah. No one likes yard work growing up, Paul. I mean, come (laughs) on. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But for some reason, I love it now in the sense of like the artistic uh, weed whacking line. (laughs) But also (laughs) it's interesting because, I mean, to me, now that we know a little bit more of your story, the logical thing would have been. Not to go into farming, but to open whatever your Another version business. of Gia Deli would be. Right, yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. What I realized, though, while the deli was happening was that I didn't want to have a restaurant that I personally ran and run. Like, I saw how much it was all-consuming for my father, and he was there to show up for us 100%, but he, we often gathered at the deli. So it was like, you know, that was kind of our microcosm world right. other than our household. So it was like which was great because it was right down from the beach, and, like, I had as much food as I needed, and it was like he's – my whole family was there. It was, it was amazing. But once that wasn't there, I didn't have a burning desire to, like, start a, a business in, in, this, in the restaurant world. Yeah. I needed to figure myself out. So for me, I, it wasn't like right away I was like, oh, I'm going to be a farmer. That was, like, a couple years of, like, witnessing and understanding, having these awakenings. Like, and there's so many that I could account for that slowly led me to this place where I actually went to the island of Lanai, and I was a landscaper there. Uh, for six months and I was you know doing these homes um, on the point there from the four seasons that people only stayed in for like two months out of the year and at a certain point I was like why are we doing this much work for something that someone is not enjoying regularly and that we cannot benefit from personally and then like I went back to Oahu and had this um, conversation with a guy who used to come into my dad's deli all the time and he'd be like just eating so much food. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, <laughs> well, I'm a landscaper and he grew up, but he grew up on a farm. So he had this farming background and both of us were like, we need more food. We didn't, we need more food. So before I'd even knew how to grow food, I started a business called Edible Landscapes Hawaii and with this, with this man, Tony. What kind of edibles are we talking about? Here? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all, all kinds. Because I'm in. Whatever it is, I'm in. <laughs> all kinds of veggies. And fruits and veggies. Yeah, so uh, at that point, it was like really like, okay, reinvent myself w- in working with the land. So while building backyard vegetable gardens, I learned how to grow food. And then at a certain point, I was like, wait, I can uh, keep scaling this up, you know, as I feel more comfortable. And as I did, I was like, wow, I just got myself into a, a bigger situation than I thought. But <laughs> it, it, as it keeps escalating and people start uh, appreciating what you do, especially in the growing food movement, it's like, whoo, all this support comes in. And, you know, I feel like I'm doing it really intentionally with honoring health and um, a space for uh, yogic awareness as well as um, music and just embodying that community vibe that – 
for uh, for for us really kind of holds this container of of growth and possibility for community uh, to really support each other to learn and talk about it. So for me, that was just huge. Is just start planting, just start planting, and then eventually I was like, you know, I was sold. Like this is what I want to do. And so tomorrow you've got your Earth Day show. Yep. Right. With with Cakey and Plow mm-hmm. and and. Let's explain to everyone what Keiki and Plow is because now that we've been talking to you, it's very clear why you've partnered up with them. But yeah. but explain to everyone what that is. So um, Keiki and Plow, their farm is in Hawaii Kai. And um, what's really unique is that Heather actually would bring her Keiki to our farm um, to for volunteer day when we just had started Every volunteer. Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> every Thursday, <laughs> 9 to 12. And um, eventually she had started her own farm and uh, with her partner. And... It, it really, like, for me, I love that. You know, it's like we inspire each other. And I think, you know, every farmer needs love and support. And I'm so glad that Kiki and Plow is involved with um, this event um, because I really want to big up their farm and as well as um, the movement that we're all doing to plant seeds in the next generation. I feel like I keep saying this, like, not only planting food, we need to grow farmers. Like, mm. the, the importance of um, just educating the youth about where our food comes from like most most kids grow up with it comes from the supermarket it comes from the yeah. or gia deli yeah. <laughs> it's just there exactly. i just walk into my d- dad's deli and it's all right there <laughs> so i'm so glad kiki and plow can be involved with this event and we can big up their farm as well as uh, other farms awareness you know we just need to like support farms in this time and, and so if people want to find out more about kiki and plow where can they go i think Kiki and Plow is Instagram and kikiandplow.com, I want to say. Uh, check them out online. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. You know, Paul, we've got you here. I see your guitar. Yes. Mm. We'd love to hear some music before you we go You know, it's you funny because we, we've really only talked to him about being a farmer, but he's, you know, <laughs> we haven't talked about the music. Uh, yeah, we, not haven't at even all. T- we haven't even talked about the yoga. Right, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, the yoga garden. Parts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's He's so a Renaissance many, man. He's so got many like multifacets. More going on than both of us combined, yeah. which isn't saying much. <laughs> so, what's interesting is like when we started Yo Garden, was we actually were doing events for music, and, and, and it, it wasn't a, a full inclusive like with the yoga and the gardening yet. It was more about just getting that, that energy. So, it was like a drug and alcohol free event that where all families could come together uh, and just appreciate each other. But I'll play you guys a song that it was came through during the pandemic, and uh, it's basically one of these songs to remind us that the earth is here for us to all come back together as one. So this song is called Live as One. I sing with a deeper meaning, one that brings peaceful feeling. Reminding people round the world we can live as one, yeah. I sing with the moon and sun. I sing with the land and ocean. With all of creation sing, we can live as one, yeah. So let the song we sing be here to take us higher. And let the love we bring come with one desire. Live as one, yeah. With all of creation Live as one, yeah, amongst all nations, yeah, yeah. Yes, live as one, yeah. 
got one earth circling around the sun. But we gotta work together if we're gonna live as one. You got the tools and supplies that you need. Water the air and the land that we'll feed. Internal flame, blood in my vein. Cycles of life, it's one and the same. I see you, I feel you. Got to believe that this energy will reach you. But no one can get left behind. New earth, one love will shine. And we gotta see racial equality. Diversity will be the cornerstones that will build up our humanity. That's right. And we gotta see gender equality. No pushback or judgment or disrespect. Be who you're meant to be. It's time we make respect with those cultures that've been suppressed for far too long. It's time we show support with those people been suppressed for far too long. And put it in your song so the world can sing along. Yeah, we can come together in any kind of weather. If you wanna make a change, you gotta sing. So let the song we sing be here to take us higher and let the love we bring. Come with one desire, live as one with all of creation. Live as one day amongst all nations, yeah, yeah. So let the song we sing be to take us higher and let the love we bring. Come with one desire, live as one day with all of creation. Live as one day. Amongst all nation, 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 yay. Live as one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Live as one, or oh, see. Next generation will live as one, yeah. If this generation can learn to live as one, what we say. Next generation will live as one, yeah. If this generation can learn to live as one, got to learn, learn to live as one. Learn to live as one, everyone. Learn to live as one under the same sun. Learn to live as one. Learn to live as one. Here we go. Learn to live as one. Learn to live as one. Oh! Paul Isaac, ladies and gentlemen. Right here on the Maleko Flash Show. The uh, uh, EP release party is tomorrow, 7 o'clock, right here at HB Social Club, uh, in celebration of Earth Day, which, as we've learned over the past uh, 30 minutes or so, is a big part of your life. Paul Isaac, thank you so much for being on the show thank today. Thank you, Maleko. Thank you, Flash. Thanks for having me. Paul, thank you so much. Yeah. My God, your dad owns <laughs> Giadelki. <laughs> That's his only takeaway. That's my takeaway. <laughs> I am blown away. <laughs> I and love you, it. And find out more information about uh, Paul Isaac. You're on Insta Social. Uh, t- yeah, tell Paul us your Isaac handle. Music.com. And a big, so a lot of the songs that are going to be on the EPA are all on my YouTube channel. And okay. they, some of them, like that song, actually has a storyline with it that shows the farmland. Uh, so that's what's unique about this EP. It's, it's literally live and acoustic at the farm, like most of them one takes, you know, just straight from the farm. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank right. you so much. Thank great you so to much. have you with yeah, us you here guys. today. Growing some new music, growing some great vibes for us here. Paul Isaac, ladies and gentlemen, one more time. Mahalo, mahalo. And Paul, of course, tomorrow night, Earth Day, right here at Hawaiian Brian's, April 22nd, 2021. And uh, proceeds benefit Keiki and Plow. And, uh, man, we're, it's so cool. 
Very so. cool. Uh, it's been it's been incredible to pr to uh, to put the show on here at HB Social Club. Like we mentioned before, they've done some renovations. Renovations continue as they start to build out a whole. There's new a secret room. speakeasy here somewhere. It's here somewhere. You, you just gotta to find it. it. You, you gotta to find, find it. it. If if you realize that everyone in your party has gone to the bathroom and not come back, hint hint, uh, they're probably in the speakeasy, which I can't. Or wait. doing cocaine. One of the two. <laughs> Either way, if they're Flash's <laughs> friends. One or the other. And by uh, Flash's friends, he means Maleko. <laughs> so, uh, once again, if you want more information about these shows and uh, and performances that are happening at HB Social Club or Meta or uh, Tavana or Paul Isaac, uh, you can uh, get more information at our website. Go to MalekoandFlash.com where you can subscribe to our YouTube, our Twitch, our Facebook, our Twitter. OnlyFans. Uh, uh, or even our <laughs> iTunes accounts. Um, just look for Maleko and Flash. Please subscribe. Hit that subscribe button uh, today and tell your friends about the show. Leave us a comment. Let us know that you were watching today. And uh, make sure to turn in next week, Wednesday, when we have... Yeah. Um, first of all, I, last week we said we were going to be at Alohilani. And Alohilani, uh, apparently where we were going to do it, decided literally four days before the show they were going to start doing some construction. Major construction. So so we're going to circle back everything we said last week at the Chart House about Alohilani. We're going to do it in, let's just call it three weeks' time. Got it. Hawaiian time on construction. Who knows when it's really going to be. Well, let's say we'll be back at Alohilani in about three weeks. Next week, we're going to be at uh, Shelly Wilson's business, Wilson Care Group. It's the largest home health care provider in the state, and we've talked to her several times in the post-COVID times about vaccines, what the hell's the difference between Moderna, Pfizer, and now all this crazy stuff about Johnson & Johnson. Uh, yesterday, Governor Ige announced uh, he's lifting travel restrictions in her island. So we're going to get the 411 from uh, an actual medical professional about what the hell is going on. Mm -hmm. And uh, if Tavana is going to survive being in Texas and Florida <laughs> on tour. We um, will find out <laughs> so next, that's week. next week. I do want to say a special shout out and thank you to Lee, the general manager yeah. and owner here, him and his dad of Hawaiian Brian's, as well as Maria, their PR person who helped uh, put all this together for us. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for watching, and uh, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends about the show. Uh, we'll be back next week. If you're an audio listener, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We'll join you on the Moleco and Flash show next week, Wednesday. Have a good day.